Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Fun edition, first half excitement edition, and second half optimism edition. Something like that. I'm Andrew Burns, joined by Kun Shaw. How are you? I'm having an all-star kind of week. Yeah, so is Giancarlo Stan. Exactly. Or MVG, as I kept shouting into the void yesterday, because nobody I know in real life follows baseball closely, so they're just like, okay, what the hell's wrong with you, idiot? Why don't you give us a sampling of that? MVG! MVG! And then my wife looks at me like I'm an idiot, which, probably accurate. Along with my dog, right. who's just like, what the hell's wrong with you? Can I have treats? <laughs> the the priorities, you know. Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, I am here to appreciate the MVG. And yes, MVG was great on the Austin game at Dodger Stadium. Cool to see him hit a home run to basically around where he used to sit, 457 feet away. And uh, win an award that has only been won by Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera. That's pretty good company. I don't care if it's yeah, a it's like, award. Yeah, like obviously it's a really who cares. But it's still kind of wild that only... Two Yankees have won it before, and it's only Jeter and uh, Mo. Obviously, I know uh, Matt wrote not too long ago about Yankees who would have won or should have won MVP before the MVP award was even started, but it's crazy that it's only been two so far. Yeah, well, three now, so. No, oh, yeah, I meant, yeah. Part of it's MVP. because, part of it's because uh, you know, DiMaggio, Mantle's prime, Yogi Berra, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, all those guys played before that award existed, but you know what? Too bad. <laughs> You're not Giancarlo Stan. Bad, indeed. It was funny because like when I was reading Matt's thing, I was like, I had in my head canon, I had convinced myself that uh, Cano had won when he was with the Yankees, but that didn't happen. No, it happened when he was with the Mariners. <laughs> yeah. But I had convinced myself that it happened just because like that's the way I like to remember it. But then I remember I actually wrote something on Pinstripe Alley as a result of that. I was like, oh, that's probably why I just yeah. joined those memories in my head together. <laughs> Well, and he won that home run derby, and that was like, you know, All-Star Weekend award thing, right? Counts. Right. It counts. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Giancarlo Stan is a, a home run derby king emeritus at this point. So uh, he did not compete, neither did Darren Judge, but that was a pretty, good, pretty fun event, too, with uh, Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez taking down Pete Alonso. So, yeah, nice stuff. We yeah. always enjoy the home run derby at this point. Yeah. Like, not to get, kind of turn this into a lookout landing podcast, but Julio Rodriguez, man, like, what I a performance. <laughs> what a performance. Yeah. Him going against the old man, Juan Soto, who's two years yes. old. Of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that, that was definitely a, a, a cool derby, a fun derby to watch. And then, you know, Soto taking it, hopefully future Yankee Juan Soto taking the derby. Yes. derby. But we'll see. Remains yeah. to be seen. We, we will cross our fingers. I have no idea what to expect. Sounds like Soto will be traded at some point, but we are not going to go deep into Soto trade speculation just yet on our podcast. We probably will eventually, but not this time. 
I guess also brief shout out Nestor for living his best life in the all-star game as did Jose Trevino. That was fun. Yeah. Them being Mike up when uh, Nestor was out there was really cool. And then Nestor just like his funky delivering delivery, just going all out. And it was just a blast to watch the like, high kicks. Like, yeah. The high kicks is like, what the hell are you doing guy? But keep doing it. Cause it's fun. Yeah. Shouting out hi Aaliyah, you know, and yeah, then right? the Jose Trevino interview as he gets a hit. It's pretty good. <laughs> he's like all right well this is my life it's kind of kind of crazy yeah um the the, the in-person interview like the player interviews not in-person interviews but the player interviews during the game were actually were definitely like the highlight of it it was pretty cool just never ever bring back that ump can because i hated oh every god yeah i thought i was getting sick watching that <laughs> exactly like i like i get the idea and like usually like you know sometimes some of the broadcasts like at least national games will do like the behind the ump camera or whatever just to see the view of like what the batter sees as the pitch is coming in that's cool don't tape a camera to the umpire's chest because that's unsteady and awkward and i hate it yeah not a fan of that get out of here no not at all but well i guess we'll talk briefly about what the yankees did last week too it has, it's not too much obviously since you know they basically just ended the first half and they lost the the first game or they lost their last game against the Reds, which was recorded after we finished our previous podcast, which was dumb. And also they lost a series of the Reds. Uh, what? But uh, yeah, baseball, exactly. baseball will sometimes do that. And uh, fortunately, they still took two out of three against the Red Sox, primarily keyed after I think Aaron Boone got a little pissed off with a little sloppy play on Friday and wasting too many runners in scoring position is very, very much like, a, OK, come on, guys, let's uh, let's take this a little bit more seriously. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, like, and I'm going to give him kudos because, like, you know, we talked about, like, when Boone was signed his extension now, like, it's it was just more like a meh move. Like, he doesn't really inspire a lot, at least for us fans. But we've also talked about how, like, the clubhouse just loves him, right? Like, the players love him because they know he has their back no matter what. And you see it out on the field when whether he's arguing balls and strikes with the umpires or whatever this is, he has those players back. So for him to kind of come out and publicly show, like, a little bit of, like, what, what the hell guys like come on we need to do better like we're better than this like i appreciated it like because yeah. you know he still did, he still didn't go all out like oh my god my team sucks or anything like that like you know because i don't want to see that either yeah there's <laughs> a fine line but... between like ripping your team and just saying like oh yeah we'll get him tomorrow but saying like you know we should have won that game is very much appointed statements and hey they responded with some pretty big wins on saturday and sunday with uh matt carpenter going ham again <laughs> Matt Carpenter, man, what a story! Just the king. What is? <laughs> uh, I'd rather have him than Babe Ruth on this team. Yeah, get out of here, Babe Ruth. What are you doing, <laughs> Babe Ruth? Yeah, got Nailed him. It. Give Matt Carpenter Aaron Judge's extension, but also yeah. give them both. Give of them. it to Aaron Judge as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> give both of them the Aaron Judge extension. Yeah, I have no idea what the second half or the rest of his career holds uh, for Carpenter, but it's pretty fun to live in it right now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely powered by his mustache, so as long as he doesn't shave, we'll be good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, obviously, yeah, you know, he's got this new swing and uh, new approach or whatever, which. It's just perfect um, for the Yankees, really. I mean, just yeah. how he it's he's doing like the Anthony Rizzo thing of basically just targeting the short porch, but like not not all of these are short porch scrapers either. I mean, some of them are, but he's very much yeah. like whatever. I'm just gonna lean into becoming a big old power hitter right now, and we'll take it. Yeah, like thanks, man. And you you can't take him out of the lineup. <laughs> like if really he's can't. not in the lineup for the doubleheader tomorrow, then like what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, like he may not play one of the two games, yeah, but if he's not in both, fine. then if he's not in both, then, then we have a serious issue. <laughs> yeah, just 
brief brief pause. 354, 469, 911, 1380 OPS, 286 OPS plus, 13 homers and 79 at bats. Like well, while we're briefly paused, let's briefly rewind to one month ago when Matt Carpenter signed and then have them listen to what we're saying right now. We cannot take Matt Carpenter out of the lineup. <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh we can't take Lyle Overbay's bat out. Yeah, but this one we actually need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think we talked enough about like recent Yankee stuff. We are going to do a little bit of a different format today. I guess first off, we should do uh one thing that we do always do on the podcast, which is our first half B ref check-in. We spoiled it a little bit with uh, Matt Carpenter because he's I'll let you tell us where is Matt Carpenter now? Matt Carpenter sits at sixth with 2.2 water. <laughs> and he was, he was in AAA for like three weeks with Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, now he's just like, you know, and sixth on the Yankees. Kind of, he was just floating around and then the Yankees picked him up. And now, yeah, he's sixth on the Yankees. He's the sixth most valuable player on the best team in baseball. Yeah. Incredible. Good stuff. And if it, if it wasn't for Justin Verlander and if Matt Carpenter just kept this up, he'd be a shoe in for comeback player of the year. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it's still Verlander's award to lose. Yeah, probably. But hey, maybe uh, unless Carpenter just actually goes off, maybe, maybe he'll hit 74 home runs this year. Hey, you need to challenge him, maybe. So yes, Matt Carpenter hit 74 home runs, 74 more home runs. Yeah, yeah, that'll bring you to 87. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who else we got in there? So leading off, obviously, is uh, Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, Garrett Cole. Nestor Cortez, then our man, Matt Carpenter. Naturally. Uh, Jose Trevino, Josh Donaldson, who's been, like, quietly just there the whole season. Like, again, like, his bat hasn't really, like, picked up too much, but it hasn't been, like, the complete yeah, black hole. His, his OPS plus is 100. Yeah, exactly. like, literally fine. Average. And the fact yeah. that what's carrying him, obviously, is his glove. So Yeah. So that's it's, it's why it's funny. He's like, he's not even at the bottom of the list. He's just been hovering around the bottom half of the middle of the list, but that's just where he's been the whole season. It's, yeah, which does go to show just how valuable both his defense and DJ LeMahieu's defense at third base has been because it's yeah. really just, I and like, I love Gio Urshela, but it's night and day. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. And then uh, behind Josh Johnson is uh, Michael King, who like they're tied at two orb. So there's probably like some micro fraction of a percentage point difference there. Clay Holmes, who took a little bit of a tumble after, you know, that game against the Reds yeah. that we talked about. And then Anthony Rizzo and IKF. Still hovering a, in there. Wasn't he there last week too, I think? Yeah, it's just, it's just wild. Yeah. I can make it on here. John Carlos in his 20 plus home runs game. Yeah, B-Ref, B-Ref really does likes his love defense. His defense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, this is also an instance of like Matt Provenzano, our friend has talked about this before. Like, this is something that war just doesn't really capture like what Giancarlo stands doing. And he is great. So he should be in here. <laughs> He's number one in my heart. Yes. All right. Do we have anything else on the, on war? Are we good? No, I think that's it. Shout out yeah. Glaber. No, nothing really. Yeah. The Glaber Torres resurgence has been a fun story. <laughs> the Glaber sans. We love it. Glaber sans. I like it. Yes. All right, so we are going to do our Yankee and Manfred of the Week very early in this one because we are doing a draft of our five favorite things from the first half, and that'll take out most of this episode. So we are knocking this out right now because it'd be kind of goofy to go back to it at the very end and be like, all right, now let's talk about those four games or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so who is your Yankee of the Week? 
My ink of the week is going to be John Carlos Stanton, by far one of my favorite players in baseball, probably my favorite uh, hitter in baseball. Just I think just close competition with David Robertson, but um, you know, just even seeing him make the All Star team as a starter, just seeing him make the All Star team as a Yankee was. You know, very special for me, too, just as a fan, uh, you know, how excited I've been just since he came over. Then having him make it as a starter, which made it even better. And then him, you know, hitting the two run home run. Um, I'm talking about how that's like, you know, where he used to sit and all that. It's just it's just been a fun, fun ride. So John Carlos Stanton, Yankee of the week. John Carlos Stanton is a Yankee. John Carlos Stanton is a Yankee, by yeah. the way. Yeah, this it's it's great, and I've I've really enjoyed watching him, and it's been good to see him get his flowers on the main stage as a Yankee too. Because obviously we like saw him do that with the Marlins for years, but for most of his stuff with the Yankees, it's just been with the New York media. But like now, it was just like he got to be at the All Star stage, start in the lineup, hit a monster home run, win the All Star MVP as a Yankee. Great stuff. One of my favorite yeah. Yankees. Yeah, like he, he, there's a reason that he remained that even as he was battling injuries because when exactly. he's healthy and in the lineup, he is just such a menace. And he's it's also force. not my money, so I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying him directly. It's also not even that much, like in the grand no. scheme of large baseball contracts to large men, and the Marlins are paying part of it too. So it's relax, guys. <laughs> Especially thanks to Derek Jeter for eating some of the money. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Derek Jeter now uh, no longer Marlins exec. (laughs) What a deep fake. But now ESPN star. Yes. Hey, I I enjoyed the first episode of The Captain. I have yet to watch it. I've just been so, this has been a hectic week for me. So I'm just, I plan on, I think the second episode airs tomorrow on Thursday. That sounds right. Yeah. So at some point over the weekend, maybe if I have time, I'll catch up. But otherwise next week. Yeah. Anyway. My Yankee of the Week will be uh, Matt Carpenter for all the reasons that we just talked about. Uh, he was literally yeah. the American League Player of the Week, so I don't think we need to overthink this too much. I probably would have picked Giancarlo, too, anyway, just because Giancarlo is Giancarlo, but I will definitely give it up for Matt Carpenter here, and since we already talked about him, we don't need to do much too much more, but stash forever. It's not going anywhere. I agree. I just hope his B-Ref picture changes to his Yankee with the Yankee hat and the mustache instead yeah. of uh, the beard there. Come on, Sean Foreman. <laughs> Update that. Come on. Come on, guy. All right. Uh, who is your Manfred of the Week? So I'm going to go with two Manfreds of the Week because I I just have kind of stupid ones because it's been like a half week and it, there's not really much going on. Yeah. So A, uh, one I already talked about, which is the ump cam from the All-Star Game is the, uh, broad, broadcast. I yep. hate you. That's Again, fair. you are terrible and go away. And B is going to be uh, MLBshop.com or whoever runs that or whatever for making it impossible for me to find a damn John Carlson All-Star Game jersey. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that it would be this hard. Maybe they'll be better about it now that he actually won the MVP, but I assume you've looked today, so maybe not. I, I didn't look today. Uh, I, like, I, like I said, I've had a busy week, but like even yesterday I was looking. I did find these stupid-ass um, like headband things with like that just – New York Yankees John Carlos Stanton springy face headband. I did find that, and I promise you, I will probably buy it if I can find this shirt. I'm not just spending the money on that alone. So yeah, some somebody make it happen because I want one. Well, it looks like you might be able to customize a jersey and just have it. Shouldn't uh, have to customize. It. No, you shouldn't have to customize it for John Carlos. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> like if anybody, like for, and this should be just like a standard. If you're players who made the All Star game. You should have all-star shirts available for all of them. Yeah. Like, I want to buy my damn 
Joe Mantiply Diamondbacks All-Star jersey. Someone might. Yankees legend Joe Mantiply. Let us not forget. Never forget. (laughs) Yeah. Those are my man friends of the week. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I will. I think for the second time in a month, I'm going to go with uh, Rob Manfred. Literally, is my man for the week because oh, God. the man can't stop yeah, it. The, the man can't the, stop it. Like, okay, he, I, he he doesn't hate baseball though, but yeah, he needs to stop talking. But also, minor leaguers are totally paid a living wage. I reject that premise. But, <laughs> like, yeah, like, are you dumb, man? No, he's just willfully obtuse and he's probably like looking at like he's because he's a lawyer, he's crafted it in some way in his mind like, oh, well, they're paid a living wage through this very weird way that I've constructed in my mind. That's definitely not true. And yeah, like, it's the- just it's just insulting. These are like like so many minor leaguers are just treated like chattel and it's shitty. And yes, some of them are top prospects who got big bonuses, but most of them are not. Most of them are just like trying to hang in there live their dreams. And some of them are just like the Nestor Cortezes of the world who were like 36th round picks. They don't know what's going to happen or not. Maybe they'll stay in the game for a long time. Maybe they won't, but the only way they really can is that they can support themselves financially. And I don't care that teams are housing players more now than they used to. That's not accounting for everything. And minor leagues are still not paid enough. So no, not at all. Like the housing thing is its own separate thing, but like that shouldn't be factored into their their. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, big of you! You let them live somewhere. (laughs) Congrats! Whatever mental gymnastics Rob Manfred does to get himself to say something like that, like I don't want to do because I know my mind is not capable of those mental gymnastics. So yeah, gold medal to you, sir. But um, like. I'm sure like there's a world, like you said, like, there's a world where it makes sense because he's like only factoring in like the two months that they're actually quote unquote playing games or three, whatever compared. And, but it's like, yeah, but that's not the only time they're doing baseball activities. They have to be working out training. They can't really do anything else. If they honestly want to make it in the big leagues, they, they have to basically revolve their whole lives around playing baseball. So the living wage, maybe for like the three weeks of the year or whatever the hell where you're making it sound like it's true sure but what about the rest of the time where like during the off season in the winter and all that crap like no shut up man yeah Ugh. yeah oh boy we had to we had to delve into something a little bit serious there we don't don't really like doing that but also ugh, rob manfred just go away yeah yeah anywho screw rob manfred let's move on to some better things like the first half 2022 yankees and we will go into our draft right after this ad break yay all right, so we're back from the ad break, and uh, we're going to do our draft, our favorite things of the first half. And this is meant to be a very abstract concept. Could be players, could just be goings-on with the team, could be other things. It's in the eye of the beholder. So it is really up to whatever we decide because we make the rules. Yes, yes. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so, like whatever I want it to be. <laughs> yes. All right, do you want the first pick, or should I flip for it? Uh, you can take the first pick. All right. For the first pick of this draft, again, I'm not going to overthink this. I will take Aaron Judge because watching him chase down Roger Maris's home run record, at least make an attempt at it, we it's been a long time since we've seen a Yankee do something like this. Like there were a couple seasons where it seemed like maybe A-Rod could do it if he like kept up the pace. But for the most part, this has been like a Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, other guy type of thing. Like Giancarlo Stanton did a few years ago when he was on the Marlins at 59. That was like one that also came on late in the season because he had a million home runs in August. So 
watching judge get to 33 home runs in the first half. Yes, it was a long first half, but still the achievements cannot be understated. He bet on himself and he's paying off and he's going to get more money because of it. And kudos to him for it. What else can you say? Aaron judge, the King, the MVP. 41 more to go, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, um, very easy. uh, First overall pick and nothing. I can really disagree with it. So Aaron judge, good at baseball. Just watching him. Watching him this uh, this first half has just been nothing short of incredible. So good first pick. Yeah, um, but he was when, on the one stretch when he was hitting home run like every other day for like two weeks. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I will say my favorite thing about him is just been like every time I've called him out on our podcast, like even just mostly facetiously because he's Aaron Judge. Like I'm never really serious about calling him out. He's responded and hit a home run. Like if not the very next game, within like two games after that, it's, it's like all right. incredible. You so know I what, Dick? Him. Take this. I appreciate him being an avid listener to the Pinstripe Valley podcast. Yeah, there. Okay, so there was a month stretch from April twenty second to May twenty third, twenty seven games, sixteen homers. So like, yeah. all like a little more than a homer every other day, basically. And some of them were like mostly home run games, but whatever. We're counting it. Yeah, we're counting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, with my first pick, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I think probably very obvious, but John Carlos Yes, the other large man. <laughs> the other large. Well, there's there are two other large men in the outfield. Yeah, just, well, the large, what, the other very large man. How about that? Joey Gallo's pretty large. <laughs> Another good large outfield. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, unfortunate but accurate. Uh, like I said, not really much. I'm going to rehash out from what I said during when I gave him the Yankee of the Week. But yeah, he's genuine. Like I love Aaron Judge, but I think John Carlos Stanton is probably my favorite current Yankee. He's just one of my favorite players of all time. And I just love, love, love watching the man hit. And to your point, you know, since he's come over to New York, it hasn't really been, he hasn't really been able to show in full force because he's battled some injuries and all that. But, you know, we saw when he is healthy, he's literally a menace in the lineup, like you said. And, you know, he helps, can he can help carry this team. He can help lead this team. He does it all just by just being there. And um, I'm happy to see, you know, him being rewarded with an all-star game nod uh, starting and then winning the MVP. It's just been, it's just been a fun ride. And I love, love, love that he hates Boston Red Sox pitching and wants to destroy <laughs> them yes. every single time. It's his best quality, really. He's just like, you it know really what? <laughs> I'm going to try to knock down this stupid green wall as hard as, as much yeah. as I can. Hopefully just hit it over it. But, you know, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, and I, I, one more thing is that when uh, the last series, the the four game set in Fenway. Remember when I I gave him a challenge to put a hole in the in, in Fenway? Mm-hmm. He almost did with one of his homers that went into like the Red Sox bullpen. Like he, he had to like duck out of the way. He got like stuck up there or whatever. I was like, oh my god, he actually listened to. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, making Giancarlo Stan predictions, it's very easy to look smart because he's Giancarlo Stan. Like literally, like yeah. I think an hour before the All Star game started, there's a picture that the Yankees tweeted of Giancarlo Stan, and I tweeted like, he's going 4:30 tonight, and then he hit one 4:57. So it's yeah, like so I'm you not... were wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm, I was wrong. I'm an idiot, so that's true. But... <laughs> But yeah, Giancarlo Stan's a very easy to guy to bet on when he's on the field. And he's been doing a lot of that for the Yankees this year. And even when he's like slumping, he can still destroy mistakes. And that's a very helpful quality to have. You see, like even when he's in one of those funks where he's striking out a bunch, you see how carefully these pitchers are throwing to him because they know that he could destroy something if they mess up just a little bit. Yep. He got to love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My next pick is going to be Nestor Cortez because we all 
enjoyed the Nestor story from late 2021. And I think we were all a little cautiously optimistic that he was probably going to still be pretty good in the first, in to start off 2022. No one was like, Oh, he shouldn't be in the rotation. And he very much earned his spot. And he had an, just an incredible first two months. Remember when his ERA was like 1.5 and it was like right up there with like Shane McClanahan and all the best pitchers in the league. Yeah, it was, we were le- legitimately talking about him potentially starting the all-star game. That's yeah, how good he had been. Yeah. And maybe he should have because Shane McClanahan gave up an early lead. What are we doing? <laughs> anyway, but Nestor Cortez just ran with the ball. I know he like slumped a little bit in June, but we think he can, you know, take a breather he can keep going in the second half. We're worried about that. The, the innings just cause he has never pitched this much in a season before, but I think they can find a way to make it work. And he could be a very valuable guy to have in this rotation. And it's just been fun to watch. Yeah. And again, his mustache. Yes. The mustache, the story. The Anybody kicks. who has a mustache, we need to talk about his mustache. Yeah. All the hesitation yeah, no. pitches. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Nestor's just been a great story since, you know, he returned to the Yankees and, you know, we saw flashings of this last year and then kind of going back to his all-star selection, the video that the Yankees put out where Boone like totally let, I guess, us fans know about a conversation he had with Nestor in spring training, basically saying like, Hey, you're going to go to the all-star game and then him making it happen is just incredible. Definitely, definitely just been a fun thing to watch. Yeah. Love Nestor. He rules. Yes. And uh, congrats on him for getting engaged. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's also very very worthy of a uh, applause. So, right. Yeah. Cool. right. And he's just uh, wearing next... a, wearing a nasty Nestor necklace too. That's just bonus points. Yeah, which you have to you have to be able to pull that off, and he 100 percent pulls that off. Oh yeah. All right. Who's your next pick? So my next pick is going to be um, a term that we coined earlier in this podcast: the Glabersons. The Glabersons. Yes. Wonderful. Glaber obviously, you know, came over to the Yankees back in the two six two sixteen, the twenty sixteen, uh, our oldest Chapman to the Cubs trade, um, and you know he was obviously you know one of the best prospects in baseball, and you know just kind of worked his way up and worked his way onto the Yankees, and when he came when he debuted, and like the first his first couple of years were nothing short of great. You know, I went to his debut, so you know. He's just someone that I've been a big fan of. I think we've all been a big fan mm-hmm. of. Hashtag labor good. And then the last couple of years have been very, very worrying and concerning. And there were points where you and I had debated like, uh, do we, do they even start him anymore? Or, oh man, they got to find a replacement. They got to do something because it's just not working. Especially last year, because like, you know, we kind of let 2020, we kind of just gave it a pass on just being a crappy year overall for everybody and everybody. But yeah, then when his struggles continued into 2021, it's just like, oh crap. The slow start this year for him, like, you know, I think the first couple of weeks he was, it was just, we were just like, oh, more of the same. So like, all right, how do you get him out of the lineup is, you know, a conversation I think we had. And then since then, he's just been, he's picked it up. He's now third on the team in B-War. And we know how much B-War loves their defense. <laughs> so for him to be up there is, is pretty much a testament to itself because his defense still isn't like fantastic. But, you know, since the move to se- uh, second base last year, you know, things have been different for him and I'm happy to see it. You know, we've been saying Glaber good, but maybe we should have said Glaive War good. All right. Can we do the, our <laughs> five least favorite things and all five of mine are going to be that joke? <laughs> yeah, that's that's just fine. No, it's been, it's been good to see Glaber hitting again. I I think 
I was fully aware that, yeah, they probably weren't going to ditch Glaber in the past offseason just because they'd be getting rid of him at his lowest value, really. And, you know, the, the possibility that he would figure it out again was worth much more than they are going to get in returns. And you know what? It worked out and he's been great. So hooray, Glaber. Hooray. All right. My, um, my next pick will be Jose Trevino. Just <laughs> the Yankees got Jose Trevino like less than a week before the season began because Ben Warfett never existed and they needed a catcher. So uh, in came Jose Trevino in a trade for Albert Abreu, who is uh, back with the team now already. So yeah, that's another obviously immediate win trade for Brian Cashman, but don't know if you could have seen Jose Trevino's first half coming. I mean, he's been just obviously we knew he'd be a rock behind the plate because that was always his reputation, but he's been so good at bat too. Like, and I know we like, again, he sort of like Nestor, he's uh, not been as good in recent weeks as he was in the first two months, but he's still just as good as Kyle Gashioka better than Kyle Gashioka at bat, I would say. And he just plays with such a, a joy and he's so easy to love. He's very emotional and, it's a, it's good to have a guy like Jose Trevino around, especially when he's playing like the way he has. Yeah, and I, I honestly loved – I thought it was so adorable him and his son having the matching suits. Uh, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, them having the matching suits at the All-Star game, my only criticism was that they didn't have matching shoes. Like, come on, guy. If you're going to do it, do it right. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I still think – like, even with him cooling down the last couple of weeks with the bat, he still has a 103 OPS plus compared to Higashioka's 55. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not really a comparison here. Here's a tweet from New York Yankees stats. Yankees to catchers to record a hit in the All-Star game. Bill Dickey, Yogi Berra, Thurman Munson, Jorge Posada, Gary Sanchez, Jose Trevino. <laughs> he is their <laughs> that's, equal. That's some company to be in. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, you just saw when he, when you know, when he kind of like broke down when he found out the news he was going to the All-Star game, again, that whole video that the Yankees shared or whatever, it, just, it was just fun. So yeah, Trevino, very, very deserving pick. Yeah, as uh, as Tanya tweeted, um, not to be dramatic, but I would die for Jose Trevino. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. fair. That's accurate. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, what's your next pick? This is my third pick, I believe, right? Yes. It's going to be Matt Carpenter. Man, what yeah. the hell's going on here? <laughs> Matt Carpenter just sweeping, sweeping all the awards this this in this very important third round of this draft. But yeah, Matt Carpenter, I... It's just been fun. It's been funny. And, you know, there's nothing I love more in baseball than just something just being wildly amusing to me. And uh, the Matt Carpenter story has been wildly amusing to me. Again, when he first joined the team a couple months ago, whatever, it was just like, okay, Stanton's going on the IL for a little bit. They just need a body. They need somebody. So whatever. They could cut bait with him in 10 days. Who cares? And now it's a, he's a must-have in the lineup. He's sixth in, in war for from baseball reference. It's honestly just incredible. And he's rocking a glorious mustache because, you know, sometimes the Yankees – well, the Yankees' facial hair rules are all stupid, but sometimes they lead to incredible things like this. Mm-hmm. So – I will semi-support it in this one specific use case and nothing else. But yeah, Matt Carpenter, keep on keeping on. Yeah, and him and Nestor are going to uh, save the Mushroom Kingdom too. Yes. The Cardinals have to be like, what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. not that they're like in dire straits or anything, but they're in a tight race with the Brewers right now. And I'm sure they're like, why couldn't you have been doing, why couldn't you have remade your swing before last season? I guess you need to really hit the bottom to take yourself there but also it doesn't seem like the craziest stretch in the world be like hmm i should talk to joey Votto about hitting 
yeah. right? I, and I made I made some like jokes about Jose Trevino, um, whether he was he ever in the Cardinals organization because I think I'm pretty sure he has some like Cardinals double magic going. Mike Carpenter 100 was in the Cardinals double, uh, organization, so he probably brought some like Cardinals devil magic with them, and I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, he packed it in his travel bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually his mustache is the Cardinals double mention. Oh, now we're, now we're really figuring it out. <laughs> All right. My next pick is going to be the 11 game winning streak, which took place shortly after Easter and really was the beginning of the Yankees being the 2022 Yankees and putting 2021 behind them because, you know, it's not like they were off to a bad start. It was just not very inspiring. They were five and five. And at the time, obviously the Orioles have put it together and they are now just like illegit, like, 500 or at least slightly below 500 team. But like at the time they were still considered like the worst team in baseball. The Yankees lost two out of three to them. And it's like, great. This is going to be more of the same. Uh, lots of underachieving, whatever. But then the Yankees played well in Detroit and then they reeled off 11 wins in a row and nothing will make you feel better about it. Seems prospects than winning 11 games in a row. So they really were just like, okay, forget it. We're, we're done with 2021. It's stupid. It's gone. It's history. Let's just dominate the way that we should have been dominating. And obviously, if you could, if every team could do it like that, then yeah, that would be nice for them. But not every team is the 2022 Yankees. And the way that this they went on this run with dominant pitching, bombs at the plate, Giancarlo San, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, going ham. That was just a lot of fun to watch. And they've really kept it up after that, too. They did not have the winning streak hangover like the 2021 team did when they won like 13 in a row or whatever it was. And they've just kept it going and kept their foot on the gas pedal. And even when they went like whatever, and maybe another like three and three stretch, oh, no, they put it back on. So the Yankees will have a lot of work to do in the second half, but they've put themselves in such a good position through feats like this 11 game winning streak. And then the nine game winning streak, the team later. So um, I'll just, so just the winning streak that made it all happen. Yeah. And obviously like, like you said, it's good for like the putting themselves in position. Now they can afford to, you know, have some bumps or whatever, like, you know, they, they have such a comfortable lead, but it's just been something special to watch. And that like, just as a fan, like it just makes you appreciate it so much because the rest of the ALEs, they're not, having bad seasons the no. Yankees are just incredible right now and like you you have the the worst team in the AL East is at 500 I believe at yeah. least the Orioles I know they, they went over for a game but I think they went back to 500 exactly and that's the worst uh team in the uh, in the division and the Yankees have like a 17 game lead on them like it's absurd yeah. yeah and for most of the past month that's different now because the uh the mariners have just been on fire and they've won like 14 in a row um and they're now in one of the wild card spots but for a long time like all three wild card spots were al teams and the yankees were still blowing them out of the water as you said so yeah they they AL ended East. the first half 13 games ahead of the rays in second place and the rays are a good team they're Injured a lot right now, but they're a good team. And I'm assuming you mean AL the three of the four uh, three of the wild cards were AL East teams. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. They're all three American League wild card teams are from the American League. I agree. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know how that happened. I guess the uh, <laughs> uh, the Birmingham Mariners, ball. <laughs> the Birmingham Mariners couldn't quite make it in there for some reason. All right. So for my next pick, I'm gonna go with my random ability to latch on to the right relievers. <laughs> So in other words, you're drafting yourself again. Basically. Yes. <laughs> yes. A time-honored tradition of the PSA podcast. Yankee of the week. Kunj. So that's Kunj. 
I'm nothing if not uh, uh, someone who inflates his own ego. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, we know how much I love to latch on to my relievers. Um, you know, David Robertson, Andrew Miller, Dylan Pences, so on and so forth. I've been, I had been searching. And last year, I came up with two. Lucas Litke, Mr. Stay-at-home dad. And Michael King, Mr. Let me hit, hit 100 innings. <laughs> I don't care how they come. And obviously, Michael King has just been a force this year. You know, he, him and Clay Holmes have been anchoring the bullpen. They're the two crowning jewels of the Yankees bullpen. But Lucas Litke, too, is nothing to scoff at either. You know, Michael King has a 175 ERA plus. Lucas Litke has a 124 ERA plus. Like, you know, they're both having very good seasons. And um, my random attachments to them for the most stupidest reasons have worked out. So kudos to my attachments. And do, you have any, do you have any attachments to Wandy Peralta or are you just a, a general appreciator of Wandy Peralta? <laughs> I, am a gen- I am a general appreciator of Wandy Peralta. I got like Wandy Peralta. Um, I, like I said, when he came over for the Mike Talkman trade, I just kept repeating not all those who Wandy are lost in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I definitely am a fan of Wandy Peralta. I just, I don't have the attachment to him as I quite do with King and Licky. And I, th- there's really no reason for it except for these dumb reasons. Like he's a stay at home dad who plays, who has a job that requires him to not be home. Yeah. And Michael King just wanting to pitch 100 innings. I don't know why, but that made, endeared him to me and I love him for it. Yeah, he, he may very well get there. I don't know. I don't think, I, I mean, I think they'll probably be careful and try to have him like finish like 90 something versus a hundred, but yeah, yeah, he's at 49 and a third. Yeah. He he does leave the Yankee relievers in the innings pitched right now. Yeah. Uh, Although, so this is a fun little thing that I'm noticing on the baseball reference page, acknowledging that Michael King is the better reliever because he has pitched more innings and he has more strikeout stuff and just better movement on his pitches. And Wadi Peralta, 169 ERA plus Michael King 175 ERA plus and they have the exact same whip at 0.953 so that's just goes to show how good Juan Peralta has been in this bullpen and we've seen how Aaron Boone trusts him a lot too he will use him in safe situations if like Clay Holmes has been working a few days in a row and uh Aroldis Chapman is stinky and Michael King is uh kind of tired too so Bonnie Peralta has earned himself a lot of trust. I know this is like me <laughs> latching off onto your pick and a sort of sub pick, but whatever. Oh, and it's fair too, because like Bonnie Peralta definitely deserves credit. I didn't mean to, you know, not give him any credit at all, but yeah. Slander. I mean, his, no, I was not here for the Wandy slander. <laughs> no. And he's rightfully third on the bullpen depth chart right now, I think. Yeah. At least from in my mind. I think so, but yeah, my, my next pick is going to be your oldest Chavin. No, it is not. He is, uh, <laughs> if he could not be on this team, that would be great, but whatever. We are going to deal with whatever Rolos Chapman is at this point. And yeah, anyway, <laughs> my, my next pick is actually going to be Luis Severino. I know he's on the IL now, but he just like go back, going back to like the emotional connections. Luis Severino is just really important to how I've grown as a Yankees fan too, just because like, I remember like around when he was coming up in the minors and now was uh, first riding with pinstrip alley. And it was just like, Oh, this, this prospect's really surging. And just out of nowhere, I saw him play in Trenton with Greg bird and rookie, the bat dog missed them. <laughs> and uh, just the way he had movements on his pitches and dominated was so fun to see. Then he surged in 2015 to the majors was great down the stretch and rebuilt himself after a so-so second season. That was really not good to becoming just a Cy Young contender. And he had a couple really tough years battling with shoulder injuries and then Tommy John surgery. He's had a long road back and now he's just a good starter again. Obviously he's on the IL now. Hopefully we'll get him back soon, but 
it's it's been fun to see, and I'm glad that he's part of this team again. Yeah, you know, even the last season when he came back for that little bit, it was just it just meant a lot to us. Uh, mm-hmm. But like for him to be able to pitch the way he had been pitching before he got hurt is just incredible, incredible stuff. And again, yeah, like baseball, especially, I feel like not to like you know kind of please like my sport baseball but like I feel like in baseball there's a lot more emotional connections and emotional stories like that than you may see in other team sports and that I think honestly just has to do with how many games there are and how long the season is compared to like some of the other ones where there's you just feel like you're spending more time with them so you just end up building that connection and yeah Luis Luis Severino is a big part of that and hopefully you know his injury is nothing too serious and you know he can come back uh, expected timeline, and we can all continue enjoying um, the Sebi Sans. Yes, yes. All right, what's your next pick? I think this would be my final pick of the yeah. draft. Is um, going to be uh, Manny Benuelos. Manny Benuelos, the dearly departed. <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> well, he's, he's on the Pirates, so. <laughs> so... He might be dead. <laughs> so yeah, he's not going to be... I don't think anything more than just like a random asterisk or footprint on the, on the 2022 Yankees season, but it's just still going to be something that's fun to kind of think, go go back and think about like him making his Yankee debut. I think I've talked before, you know, for people who listen to this podcast on a weekly basis, remember the random things I talk about, how like I didn't start becoming like a baseball fan or Yankees fan until a little bit later in life. Like when I got to college and that's like right around the time, like the Yankees uh, brought Ben Ellis into the organization. You know, he's, he was with the Yankees organization from 2008 which is right around the time I was like, oh, maybe I'll start paying, paying attention to baseball. And, you know, from then till now, it took him to, for him to make his Yankee debut. It was just a kind of cool thing because while I was getting into baseball, learning about like, oh, you know, who I should know and all that, I learned about the, there's this whole world called the minor leagues and there's these prospects who come up and all this stuff that I pretty much had no knowledge about. And they, you know, you heard about Manny Benuelos. He's going to become the next big Yankee thing. And I'm like all excited for him. Like, oh, cool. This is how it happened. And everyone becomes an ace. And obviously things don't work out necessarily that way. But it was just cool to see him kind of, you know, make his appearance as a Yankee, uh, fulfill his pinstripe destiny, and uh, then now call it a career with the Pirates. Because <laughs> rest in peace, apparently. <laughs> and give up a grand slam to Aaron Judge just because for your farewell gift. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Judge might have actually killed him. <laughs> <laughs> he has pitched in a couple games since then, so he's still around. They, I'm glad they didn't they did not DFA him immediately, which I was yeah, wondering. Man, yeah, man ban. Man ban good. Well, or at least man ban. Fun story anyway. So hey, here we go. Uh in four games since then, four scoreless innings, one hit. So he was just being nice. That's all. He was just being nice. It's definitely not that he was pitching against like uh the Marlins and Rockies. <laughs> No, couldn't be that. <laughs> I pitched against the Brewers once. They're 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 better than at the plate than they were last year. So, anyway, as uh, the man my, band cast. <laughs> my dark horse um, final pick was actually just going to be the story of Albert Abreu because it's actually been really funny. Just you know, him getting traded away, then like DFA by two teams because you know it's just. It just hasn't worked out. And then he comes back to the Yankees. He has a 0.84 ERA, a 4.67 ERA plus. I mean, granted, we're only talking about like less than 11 innings, like 10 yeah. and two-thirds innings. But it's still just really funny with, Like if you don't factor in sample size. And that was almost going to be my last pick. But then I decided to get nostalgic. Uh, we should do an honorable mention for a literally Clay Holmes, who did not get picked. Even though he's he went undrafted. 
yeah, one of the best closers in baseball. Just doesn't even get respect in this draft. Sorry, man. Sorry, I, I didn't form a random attachment to you last year. <laughs> or Garrett Cole. <laughs> all-star Garrett Cole just doing his boring all-star Garrett Cole thing. Uh, I mean, it, it's one of those weird things because, yeah, we're definitely spoiled with Garrett Cole because it's easy to uh, be like, well, it's a little annoying that he didn't pitch well at Fenway Park and Raphael Devers like stole his lunch money or something like that. So Billy like, still showed up. Yeah, so it's like, oh man, this guy's kind of disappointing. But no, he's I mean, even like in a disappointing cold season, he's an all star and uh, their most consistent starter. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, Gary Cole is phenomenal, and I don't think either of us mean to take him for granted at all. No, no. Also, the strikeout totals on this team are just hilarious. I'm going to read them to you in reverse order. Uh, For the just the starters, like the five main starters that have started this year. Jordan Montgomery, 80 strikeouts. Mm -hmm. Jamison Tyon, 82. Yep. Luis Sabrino, 95. Nesta Cortez, 99. Garrett Cole, 147. Yeah, uh, man likes his case. He just, and I like that he is also already on like the Yankee, I think it's like Yankees top seven or something like to all time, most double digit strikeout games. And he's been here for what, like two full seasons at this point? Because like, two full seasons because yeah. 2020 basically started around now, you know? So, yeah. Man, he's nasty. Incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah. Don't need the spider jack. He's just good. Yeah. Uh, also, honorable mention for uh, DJ LeMahieu for bouncing back too. That's a very valued thing because if he was not do if he was doing what he was doing last year, then it'd be a very different conversation with this team. Just because he offers such a different approach, like this, what people like to talk about with like IKF, he's a like not a home run hitter, and he's like a he can spray the ball all over. No, this is just actually what DJ LeMahieu is because he. I mean, he, he can hit a home run, but that's not really the name of his game. And it's, he just has a very good approach at the plate. And it's different for yeah, the rest I, of these guys. I feel like people really just say, like, you know, oh, he's a different hitter. He's like, you know, it brings a different element to the game. Only about bad hitters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the, the, the Ronald Torreyes of the world. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Ronald, like Tor- Torreyes was fun. But, like, I like the Yankees lost anything great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, uh, he left the team. Like every now and then you'll have like your Luis Arise type players who are just absolute menaces and can do stuff like that. Like the guy sitting 338 in 84 games in a time when no one really hits 330 anymore. But right. that's not normal. And IKF is not that. Also, Luis Arise has hit five home runs and IKF has hit a 380-foot fly ball that maybe would have gone out of Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah. That's the closest he got. Woo! Ever since then, I've like randomly like while watching the games, I keep like in my head just doing a calling it like, oh, he's going to get it now. And I'm like, no, he's not. You know, it's funny because like sometimes it looks like the way like the contact comes off the bat. It's like, oh, that looked like oh. maybe, maybe and then he just like flies out to left normally. And it's like, okay. yeah, <laughs> like, oh, OK, this is more of the same here. Yeah. All right. Um, any other honorable mentions or just random things you want to shout out? Um, go Yankees, go baseball, MBG. Oh, I was, I was just talking about like first half stuff. But... <laughs> no, I know, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you put me on the spot to shout things out. Yeah. I'm going to shout what I know to shout. <laughs> How about Aaron Judge hitting multiple walk-off home runs? I mean, I guess that's sort of like a sub of the Aaron Judge pick, but yeah, you know, you get that get that beast off your back. Yeah, the, the the walk-off homer against the Blue Jays that was a huge moment early in the season too, and it's like no, we are not in the same league really right now as the Blue Jays. So. No. 
and it, not even just the walk off homers, just the walk off hits too. Like the two against the Astros that coming came in the same week. Or yeah, the same I was, was going to mention those too. Like that, that the series that the Yankees split with the Astros, even though they did not have a lead at all. Yeah, they only led when Aaron Judge decided to end the game. Yeah, where he hits a walk off home run, and then he's like, "Oh no, I have to go around the bases because uh, <laughs> it looked like it was just a double or something at first. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a fun fun ride. Uh, hopefully, you know this is just a, the beginning of things to come, and it's going to be a even more special second half. Let's hope the Yankees continue it. Yeah, my last uh, shout out, or you know, last uh, honorable mention will just be the overall record, sixty four and twenty eight. Like incredible numbers. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's it's laughable. It's like one of the it's the third best start I think, if I remember correctly, in Yankees history. And anytime you're like remotely close to what the nineteen ninety eight team was was doing, then yeah, you're doing something pretty special. And I'm like, it's okay if they don't reach 114 wins or anything like that, but they are. No, it's not. Oh, never mind. That's not good. Well, they're not reaching 161 <laughs> as you predicted in the opening day. So I guess unless Manfred decides to erase the losses, it could happen. That's just true. Yeah. He, but does he, keeps one. Rules. he keeps one loss. Just I'll to keep them humble. Yes. All right. Yep. And um, they have a doubleheader against the Astros tomorrow do whatever you can, but I've, I go in with no expectations anytime they're playing in Houston. So hopefully they'll just yeah. play well. Then I mean, after, I'll take this. Yeah. I'll take a split at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then they're in Baltimore over the weekend. And even though the Orioles are playing better, that's still a series they should win. Um, yeah. Yankees good. Yeah. And then they come back uh, home ish on their road trip where they go to city field, I believe. Yep, playing against the Mets, uh, I think for the first time this year. So yeah, I think the way they do the Subway Series now is like two, like uh, like two, two, two away, two, two yeah. home set, yeah, two and two set. But like they don't do it back to back anymore because it was weird because they were like doing it back to back. Then they think they gave both of them a three game set, which I think everyone realized was just way too much Subway Series start yeah. talk or nonsense. So two sets, uh, two series, uh, two games each to split up. I think it's fine. Yeah, I think two, two uh, in grabs. August. Yeah, I think in August is when the Mets come to Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. All right, and the Mets are obviously uh, also first place in the NL East right now. Yankees are a better team, so hopefully they show that. But they'll also be tough. But also, Jacob Degrom might still not exist. So <laughs> unfortunate yeah. for him. Yeah, he's gonna pitch again. It's just when he eventually leaves and signs with another team. Yeah, he's gonna pitch again with like the Cardinals or something like that, and be like, "Oh no." <laughs> Oh, God. Cardinals Devil Magic. Yeah, it's back. But actually, maybe Matt Carpenter just stole it and brought it with him, you know? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, he's like uh, Rubble Stiltskin or something. All right. All right. We don't know how we got we here, sh- but... We should probably get <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Okay. I think we are uh, right about the end. Let's see anything else. Nope. Uh, I think we're good. All right. Go Yankees. Beat the Astros. Beat the Orioles. Beat the Mets. Simple enough, Please. right? Yeah. We can't do anything better than that. <laughs> All right. If you could follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley, follow me on Twitter at Marin's PSA. Um, I think yeah, we, 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 we've talked enough about Yankee stuff. Any any non-Yankee stuff you want to briefly shout out? Um, hmm. Julio Rodriguez. No. <laughs> no. I don't want to talk about anything that's not the Yankees. Uh, uh, Julio Rodriguez. There we go. That's what Julio we're Rodriguez. He's fun. <laughs> yes. That was fun. Yeah. No, Julio Rodriguez was fun. I like that the performance at the home run derby was incredible. And even him, Mike up, you know, he just seems like a cool dude. You know, he's having his, 
living his best life. Yeah. And uh, that's your rookie of the uh, year, if you're asking me for American League. <laughs> he's he's great. Could, could very well, quite uh, possibly. And it's going to be, it'll be cool if Seattle brings uh, breaks their playoff uh, drought. But it'll be hilarious to me if they go on this run and still miss the playoffs. So either way, I'm enjoying. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm in for a fun ride. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if they want to go on this run and then knock the like the Rangers or not the Rangers, knock the knock the Red Sox and uh, Rays out for the playoffs, then go by all means, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, if it comes at the cost of an ALS East team that's not the Orioles, I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for us. Go Yankees, go baseball. See you later. See you.